Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Financially Speaking. My name is Karen Cook. I am your guest host today on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we are preparing and dressing for success during your interview. So we're going to talk about how to get that job and how to be prepared for the interview. So preparing yourself for success during your interview, dressing for success and pairing for your interview, and prepare and know how to make your interview a success. So last week we talked about your resume and your cover letter. The cover letter is the first thing that sells you. They like that, they read your resume. They like your resume, they call you. So the interview process begins with the first phone call. When they call you on the phone, they're interviewing you. So they might call and say, oh, is this so-and-so? Yes, it is. I'm so-and-so calling from such-and-such. Let them finish. Don't don't interrupt them. I know we have a mouth. We want to use it. Two, two ears. Remember that. One mouth. Let them finish. Don't interrupt them. That's They're testing your communication skills. And communication is not 50-50. It's about 80% listening and 20% talking. So listen to what they have to say. Then they'll ask you some questions. They received your resume. Are you still interested in the job? And they might tell you a little bit about it. Ask you three or four questions, just some light questions. If you're interested, what your availability is, when you'd be able to start. If you have another job, do you have to give notice? And if you say, yes, I have another job, don't worry about it, I'll quit tomorrow, you can forget getting called in. That's disrespectful. And if you do it to them, you'll do it to these guys. So if you have another job, be honest about it. Say, I do, and I would like to give the proper two weeks notice if that would be okay. Most places aren't going to say, nah, screw them, start with me. Because they want you to, to respect that as you respect your previous or current employers. Right? So I know it's difficult for a job when you have an employer and you really don't want to say anything. But you don't have to until it comes down to the point where you might need a reference. So... Uh, that's the first interview process. And if they like you, do you know what I'm going to say? Let's book a, an interview, an in-person interview. What's your availability? Could you come in this date or time? And don't say, I have a hair appointment. I'm getting my nails done. I have to take a poop. Nobody cares. Make arrangements to do those things on another time. All right? Appointments can be changed. Most appointments. Okay? If there's a have a specialist appointment. I don't know if I'd say I'm seeing a surgeon. Oh my gosh. Then all of a sudden many things go through their head. But there's usually a few days and times they give you. Don't start making up your own. And for crying out loud, don't phone back and try and change it. That means you haven't got a hold on your schedule. You're not prepared. Okay. Because this is the stuff that goes on. If they don't ask you for an interview, because I've done it and I've had to get the phone and go, yeah, I'm like, oh, great, I got a boob on the other end of the line. But I've called. They already know who's calling, caller ID. So I tell them who I am, and I know right away I can hear them eating or drinking, having their cigarette or crunching on something in my ear. Right? I don't care what you're chewing on, spit it out. Cover the phone, spit it out, get your mouth clean, take a little drink of water. If you're going to choke, crying out loud, don't choke on the phone. So, uh Always answer the phone with hello. Don't assume you know who it is. I've made that mistake many times in my life, and believe you me, it's not good. And be professional. Okay, listen to what they have to say. Book around their needs. Make sure that you're available for them. Because if they don't like you on the phone, instead of phoning you in for an interview, they're going to say to you, we will give you a call uh, if and when we book interviews. And you'll never hear from them again because that's my standard line. Well, thank you for your time. If we decide to move forward with you, we'll give you a call when we're booking for an I've probably already booked three. But that big fat no, why waste my time and have this guy come in when I know I'm not going to hire because they were indecent on the phone. So always remember, they're listening to the way you answer the phone, not interrupting them, being professional. No, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Yes, of course. Absolutely. And you know what the best thing is? People can't see you, so you could be sitting there bucking Whatever does it for you. Smile. When you smile, your voice goes up. 
you sound more pleasant. Right? I don't know if you can tell the difference. I'm doing it right now. And it's, it's a difficult process. You kind of look like the joker off of Batman, but that's okay because you don't see me. And please don't do this in person. You really do look like the joker off Batman. You can practice it. Stand in front of the mirror, close your eyes, talk, listen to yourself, smile, now talk, and then open your eyes because you'll laugh at yourself. But it, it does it does make you sound more pleasant, more positive. And when you're smiling, you will follow suit. You will be more happy. You are trying to be happy. You will be happy. So that is the first thing that happens when they like your cover letter and resume. They call you. That's first interview, the over-the-phone interview. If you get past that, awesome, then you get called in. So it can be very difficult when you lose a job. I know it's scary. I know you start to panic. And I'm going to say don't do that. Whether you've lost your job, been fired, you've quit because you can't stand it. I get that we don't like jobs, and I've had a lot of jobs I haven't really liked. Taken them because I needed them or thought I'd like it, didn't like it. I usually find one before I quit one. I've been pretty lucky. I've had two or three jobs at the same time. I like flexibility. I like variety. I like change. I'm not a Monday to Friday, nine to five kind of gal. It bores me to tears. So, and if you are that type of person, all the power to I think it's awesome. That's what makes the world go around. We all like different things. So I've always had different jobs. But if it's your main bread and butter, you might want to run your finances before you quit your job. Okay, I know we don't like our job. We don't like people. We don't like bosses, managers. That's fine. Right? But it, it can get into a rut where you become negative and, uh, and you just don't want to be there. Try and find something positive to keep in the job you need until you find the one you want. So goodness forbid you lose your job because the company goes back, they close, they relocate, they downsize. Your job is was temporary. You were at a temporary firm. You weren't hired on. Uh, it didn't work out with travel. It's too far away. It's not what you thought. It doesn't matter. You don't have a job. Please don't panic. It immobilizes you. If you used to think, get in your head, I've lost my job. I'm going to lose my money. I'm going to lose my house. I can't invest. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? It takes you into that negative hole, that black hole that you have to put yourself out of. So don't panic. Think. Start to market yourself. Look at your resume. Redo the resume. Right? We talked about all that last week. But, yes, redo your resume. Look at it. Start to market yourself. Who do I know? Who do I know? Where can I go? How do I get these jobs? Right? Then we start looking online. And look at your networks. Don't forget about the people that you know, the places that you worked, right? Use your networking, business events, fun events, getting out there, attending places. You never know who you're going to bump into and where your life's going to go at an event. So always look your best. Always be your best. Always present yourself as your best. And guard against depression. When you start to lose hope, and you might start to panic, you've lost your job, you start to get depressed. I get it. It's awful. And you need to stay physically healthy. You need to exercise. You need to be confident and talk with confidence. Don't be afraid to represent yourself in the best. Because trust me when I tell you, you're the only one that can represent yourself the best. Nobody's ever going to brag about you the way you. So go for it. So guard against that depression. Stay physically hit. Uh, healthy, exercise, walk, do something, keep that brain, that positive brain energy flowing. And bitterness. Don't make angry statements about your employer. Especially, goodness forbid you get an interview, don't do this to the prospective employers. Don't do it anywhere because you never know who's listening. And then you go in for an interview and somebody's standing beside you where you were griping about your job or your boss and then they see you and go, oh, I remember her. Trust me, people always remember, especially negative things, because we, we seem to remember the bad, not the good. How many times do you get praised when you do good at work or how many times versus how many times you get praised when you're badly, right? You always get it when you're bad, right? But the good, I guess, assume it's always good. So if you end up going into an interview and they ask you why you left your job, I don't care if you were fired. Don't be angry. What if they were downsized? You, you could be positive. So you always want to use positive statements. Get in that habit because being negative is a habit 
And it's a very difficult habit to get out of. So try and be paused. So you might say something like, although my job was eliminated, I was very proud of what I accomplished during my stay. Then you can give your best example of your best accomplishment. Don't badmouth them. I don't care if your manager is a complete dingbat. Believe me, I've worked for them. You still have to work for them. And they're in that position. They might know your prospective employer, plus your prospective employer has to call them for a reference. So you need to be positive all the time. Trust me when I tell you I'm very visual. If I don't like you, you know it. But I've worked on it my whole life because I know what I'm like. I know how I sound and I know how I can be. And I, I can tend to be negative and kind of bitchy, truthfully. But I'm trying to be more positive, be friendly, happy-go-lucky, Look at the glasses half full because it doesn't do you any good to be in that negative way. And that exudes right off of you. And good luck getting a job. Good luck with anything. People don't want to be around you. So be positive and give full-time attention to conducting your job campaign. Find a job. Full-time energetic activity. Your job, while unemployed, is to find a job. And to suppose 40 hours a week, or say you were working 28, I don't know, spend those hours trying to find a job. You get up in the morning, you start looking for a job. You're online, you're seeing websites, you're searching businesses, you're calling contacts, friends, ex-coworkers, coworkers, relatives, people that can help you get a job. You're going to events in the community because you don't know who you're going to run into. So full-time. Your full-time job when unemployed is to get a job. If job opportunities are limited in your field. So let's say you went to college and took a med office assistant program. And you're finding that you're not getting a job in medical field. Those skills, other than directly related to medical, can be transferred to office, a dental practice, an insurance firm, a bookkeeping firm. You could work at the front desk at um, a chiropractor's office. You could work any place in a factory in the office. Your skills are transferable. Office skills transfer across the, to any field. So search out new ways to use your old skills. And don't be discouraged. You don't have to work in the medical field. It might be your dream goal, but you can get there working in other areas. So try your skills in another field. And don't look at it and focus on the field you were in. Try looking at taking those skills, changing them a bit, and, and don't lie. Don't lie on your resume. Tell the truth. But look at what they're looking for, job descriptions, get them there, and make it yours. Okay. Well, coping with job loss can be very scary. I've been there, so I do speak from experience. And yet, worst case scenario, you don't find a job. If you didn't quit, you might be entitled to unemployment. Unemployment doesn't pay you your full percentage, but you need money to survive. You need money to pay your bills, to pay your mortgage or your rent, to buy your food, to take care of your pets, your children. And yes, you need money to invest for the future because if you can't invest for the future you're going to be working until you're dead let's face it so coping with job loss is pretty scary but there's a lot of things that we can do to get ourselves our dream job so don't panic full-time dedication to getting yourself the job that you desperately need so that you can get an income all right we're going to take our first break of the show, and when we come back, we're going to talk about performing well in a job interview. Because let's face it, once they meet you, how awesome do they know you are until you tell them? Okay, so you are listening to Financially Speaking with Karen Cook on the Inspired Choices Network, and we will be right back to this break. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. 
Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I am Karen Cook, your guest host, and today we are sharing and dressing for success during our interviews. So once we pass that telephone conversation, that screening interview uh, that I talked about, and really they're trying to determine really if you have any oral communication skills and how well they are. So also I should have mentioned, watch your language. Don't be dropping F-bombs. F and A, I'll be right there. Yeah, either you're talking to on the other end of the phone, plus it's never okay to drop the F-bomb during work. Really, you really have to watch the week, right? So once you pass that telephone screening interview, you get invited for an in-person interview. Now, interviews today may not just be one person that you go into and sits across the table from you. A lot of the time, it's a team of interviewers. You probably have the owner or head of the facility or head of the area. You probably have the manager or middle management. You might have an office assistant. You might have a coworker that works in the area. Or uh, you probably have somebody from HR, human resources, right? Don't get nervous. Okay, Members of this team will take turns asking you questions. They are observing how you fit in with them. So they're looking for a connection. So it doesn't matter who's asking the question. Look at the person. Whoever asked you the question, you look at them. When they're done asking the question, my best advice is take one deep breath. Then speak. Answer looking at all of the interviewers. So start with the person who asked you the question. And don't be tunnel visioned. Just scan the room. Scan the people. Right? And don't forget, try not to be miserable. You don't want to have your chuckle smile on, but you want to be positive. Okay, so if you can smile, fantastic if there's a reason to. Because, again, we're going to be positive. We're not going to be negative. And whoever's talking to you, just look at them. Present yourself as a positive person and give them an accurate picture of yourself. Don't be phony. Don't try and be who you're not. I've tried that. In different circumstances, I've tried to be a different person. It doesn't work. And I can feel that it doesn't work. And I look at people and go, yeah, that's not me. I need to be me. Maybe sometimes a little bit polished. But you need to be you. Your chances of performing well in a job interview increase if you're being you. You're being positive. You're presenting yourself in an accurate way. And, of course, when you're suited for the job. So make sure that you're able to let them know during those questions that you are the correct person person for the job and here's why. If you're deceitful or you fabricate yourself in your resume or during the interview or you lie and you can't do the job after you're hired, you get fired. And believe you me, it's not just a matter of getting fired. Everybody talks. Oh, did you know someone's been here and said such and such? They can't do the job, blah, blah, blah. You go for another, you wonder why you can't get a job in that field. So for crying out loud, please be honest. Be honest about your skills. Jobs. 
your education, your experience, be honest about it. So there's some key points that we want to keep in mind when we're being interviewed for a job that we want. I know sometimes you think, I don't even want this job. When I first started in at a hospital in healthcare after graduating from my nursing, I was offered a job at our hospital and I was so excited. I thought I was working on the surgical floor. I was so excited. And then I found out I was working on the general floor, which was more geriatric, which I'd come from as a PSW and thought, oh, crap. But guess what? I did well in that job. I ended up bouncing around, being second call in list for all the other floors, and eventually I got to where I wanted to be. Then took education to further myself so I could work in the operating rooms. And by that time, I had so much experience working on that floor. It was awesome going through the schooling and the training and working in the field. So that the area you want to be in might not what you get, but you might want to work for a company. So go for it. Or you might not get in the company. You might get in a company that's similar. Someday you might get in that company. So some of the key points we want to remember is be prepared. And look relaxed. Don't look like a deer in the headlights. Don't foam from the mouth like you're Cujo. All right? And know your resume. Take copy with you. Take extra copies with you. Read your resume. And if you haven't lied on it, it shouldn't be a problem. Okay? So take those deep breaths. It really does work. When you're sitting out there waiting for them to come, you might get nervous, especially if you really want the job. I've been there, and I thought, oh, I really want this job. I really want this job. And it's in my head. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I can't hear anything because of the noise in my head. And take a deep breath. In through your nose, out through your mouth. Please don't hyperventilate and pass out. But a few deep breaths, it really does work. I know they say, oh, put a Kleenex in your pocket and wipe your hand on it. Yeah, have you ever seen a wet Kleenex all over your hand? People think you have urine and toilet paper and I'm going to touch your hand. No wonder we're so weird about hand washing. So try the deep breath, okay? And don't wipe your hands on your pants because if they're wet, people are going to think that you've got urine or something all day. Okay. Another thing to keep in mind is establishing a link between you and the prospective employer. So maybe you're applying at a local shopping center. I have been shopping here for you. I really like your such and such and this and that, and I value this. Okay? Or it might be a facility you frequented for whatever reason, a gym or something like that. Let them know why you like it. Right? And don't just say, well, you've got great equipment and I like your hours. Come on, do something about the place that you really like. And if you don't, fine. That link, as soon as you make a link with somebody, it's comfortable. Wow, I like this person. I could work with them. That's what you want. Ask perceptive questions. Sincere entry in the job. Not when do we get breaks? When do we get raises? What days am I off? What's my pay? That's not a good question. Those are not perceptive. You might ask something maybe like, what would you consider to be an outstanding performance in this job? Right? If you're truly interested, if you're not, don't ask. And be prepared to discuss your strengths. And your weaknesses, by the way. And all the developmental opportunities that are there. Things you've taken. In healthcare, you take in services. Keep things up to date. Stay in CPR. New skills. Those are all educational opportunities. Do these people have developmental opportunities for you to increase your success in that job? And be prepared to respond to behavior interview questions. And we're going to talk about them later on in the show because a lot of the time you get them ahead of time, but they're very similar no matter what field you work in. And I'm going to give you a few of those interview questions. And they're pretty standard across the board. I've asked them, I've been asked them, and I've been in many different fields. So they're similar, and I'm going to give them to you. Show how you can help the employer, how you intend to help the company, not what the company can do for you. Okay, and that might be something you've done. Maybe you're applying for a financial position, you've ran multi-million dollar companies, and this is how you've invested this or that, and how you helped this last company, tell them. That's very impressive. Use body language that projects confidence and decisiveness. Don't put your hands over your face. Don't fiddle with your hair. For God's sakes, put your cell phone on mute. If that rings, you're done. All the interviewing companies over the air, if your phone rang, you're too busy to work here because if it rings during an interview for, what, 15, 20 minutes, 30, if you're probably going to get the job and your phone rings, you're done. I never hired anybody, no matter how good they were, they could have been the best fit for the position if your phone rang disrespectful. You didn't get your house in order. 
I'm interviewing you. I'm taking the time to give you a job. And you can't be bothered to shut your cell phone off. Now, if the interviewer's phone rings, that's different. However, I hope they don't answer a personal call. But doesn't matter. They're the one in control. So sit upright. Hand in your lap. And practice this. It's difficult. You don't want to look like you're in traction. Right? You want to practice being comfortable and confident. And you might want to consider sending a follow-up email or letter or something after the interview, especially if you want the job. Um, it shows that you're interested. You might want to state some of the attitudes towards the position, the team, the company, summarize conclusions reached about your decision to apply for the job. So it's good because people remember that, oh, Karen's this letter, she's really interested, or she sent this email. Emails are good. I just wanted to thank you for meeting with me today. I really enjoyed speaking with you and the team regarding the interview process. The job sounds wonderful. I know that I would be a, this would be a great personal organizational fit for both myself and the company because blah, 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 blah. I look forward to hearing from you, and I hope it's a, a positive call that I receive. Thank you for your consideration and your time. And if you don't get the job, don't get all crappy and start bad-mouthing them. Another job will come along, okay? All right. So there are some tips to help you prepare for your interview. The first best tip is to research the industry and the company. Guaranteed the interview will ask you about their company. They always do. Tell me what you know about the company. So let's say you apply to the hospital. This is my favorite example. Tell me what you know about our facility. Well, I know you take care of sick people. I know you have doctors and nurses that work here. And I know you have an ER because I've been in it. And uh, I know you have a lot of beds here. And um, uh, yeah, I know that. Seriously? Tell us about the mission, the vision. What's the mascot? Why do they use a certain flower? What do colors mean? Tell me about something new that they've just done in addition and about the sponsors and their community involvement, right? Don't tell me the, because I tell you, when you talk about the beds and the nurses, that's just ridiculous. You didn't research the place. So they want to know anything about their company because really it shows you're interested. You want that position. You might want to know who their competitors are. I mean, not in a hospital. <laughs> oh, my work competing with the hospital London. No, it depends on the company you're in, right? Their competitors, their the competitive advantages and how it should best go forward. You might have an opinion on that and there's nothing wrong with that, right? So absolutely research that company. They will ask you. I haven't been to an interview yet, especially uh, I think in the last 10 to 20 years, this is pretty common where, tell me what you know about the company. Sometimes I didn't want the job and I think, oh, crap. Right, well, it can't be different than this, so I spew it off. But I know darn well I didn't research it, so I'm not prepared. I'm not confident. I'm not being positive, right? And if I feel that way, then it's coming out in me. You want to also clarify your selling points, the reasons you want the job. Go into every interview with three to five key selling points in mind. For example, what makes you the best candidate for the position? I have good communication skills. I dated an entire group to blah, blah, blah. Be prepared to tell that interviewer why you want the job and why they want to hire you. What interests you about the job? What rewards it offers that you find valuable? What abilities it requires that you possess? If the interviewer doesn't think you're really interested in the job, they will not offer you that job no matter how good you are. So make sure that you know what your best selling points are because as great as you are, they only know who you are because of what you tell them. All right, so at this point, we're going to go into our second break of the show. And when we come back, we're going to continue learning about some tips that's going to help us prepare for our interview. You are listening to Financially Speaking with Karen Cook on the Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy 
it is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financial Speaking. I am Karen Cook, your guest host, and today we are preparing and dressing for success during our interview. So let's carry on with our tips to prepare us for our interview. So another tip is anticipate the interviewer's concerns and reservations. As you know, you're not the only one being interviewed. There's always more candidates for the position than openings. So interviewers look for ways to screen people out. Put yourself in their shoes. Ask yourself, why might they have you? and why they might not, okay? So prepare your defense. Be thinking that I might not be the best fit for this position because blah, blah, blah. But you should know that this is the reason why you shouldn't be overly concerned and you should hire me. So take the negative, turn it into a positive. Prepare for common interview questions. So some common questions that they ask are pretty standard. Why did you apply for this job? What are your career goals? What salary are you worth? Research to know comparable wages. If you're looking for uh, an entry position as an office assistant, you might make fifteen to twenty dollars an hour. So don't ask for fifty; you won't get it. Okay. What new job skills would you like to acquire in the next few years? And don't say if you're applying for a healthcare job, you want to work in legal, right? So you want to make sure it's close to the job you're applying for. And, of course, they're going to ask you what you know about their firm or their company. They might ask you what are your strengths or your good points, and they might ask what are your weaknesses or for need to improve. Don't say, I don't know or I don't have any. So whatever you're good at, give it to them. And don't say, oh, I'm approachable, I'm nice, I'm punctual. You know, you're determined because you're dedicated with this, right? Look at some words and why. And don't say you don't have any weaknesses, but don't say, hey, I'm an alcoholic. I like to smoke the ganja. I like to work afternoons because I don't do well in the morning. The job might start at nine in the morning. So a weakness might be something that you can turn around. I always used to say when I was interviewing, for, when I was being interviewed, I don't like, I, I, I like to know my job. I like to know my skills. I like to be prepared and I really don't like to be the new person. It's difficult for me to be new because I like, to people to perceive that I know what I'm doing. I like to get my job. I like to go through it. I don't like to be interrupted. At the end of the shift, it's difficult for me to leave when something isn't finished and complete. I learned when I was an OPP dispatcher, sometimes you have to walk out in the middle of a call and the next operator has to take over. Okay? You just can't finish. You could be another hour, and after hour shift, you have to go home. So take a weakness that needs improvement, but make sure it's not a bad one. Why should we hire you instead of any other candidate for this position? This is your time to break yourself about your skills that are directly related to the job. How well do you work under pressure? I work good. Tell them why. You must have an example. I have many job uh, responsibilities. I do this, 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 and this, and I have to. I organize my calendar. I have my phone calendar that's always up to date. I have to carry around. I have one on my fridge, one in my office. They're always updated. I do not mess up my schedule. I can't afford to. What makes you think you'll be successful in the position? Tell them why you'd be successful and how you're going to help them. Okay? I mean, I've, I've worked in a lot of fields. I started out in healthcare. Well, it's called a healthcare aid back when, PSW now. Moved up to the RPN. Went into the operator and technician. Got a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology and Sociology. Became a paralegal. Got my master in education, and you're probably thinking, well, she's a dingbat. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be a teacher, a nurse, or a lawyer. I kind of did all three. Now, a paralegal is a 
a, a, a person who works alongside a lawyer, right? That's literally what it means. I didn't go to school for four or five years, but I took a college course for a year and I became a paralegal, mainly to do collections, kind of like that stuff. That's kind of the last side of me. So my creative side can be better. But I've been through a lot of interviews. I changed field. I mean, there's always jobs in healthcare, but sometimes it's not the one I want. And unfortunately, through injuries, wasn't able to physically do that job. But I was able to teach and I moved that around and I've done so many things. So I know what you're going through when you lose a job or you change careers or you go to school and you have a gap with that. You learn so much today in school that all those skills are transferable. And most, most places have place now. So you get six to eight weeks or so many hours of skills on a job that needs on that resume. And you need to tell people that. You do have experience. Okay, so I stand. And, and actually, I've started my own company, KC Training Plus. Uh, it's my website as well. So I do a lot of training today. And it kind of led to that fact because I've always taught first aid because of my health care. Why take it every three years when I can teach it? And it's kind of become my thing. So all that stuff that I took, all those jobs that I've had, all those interviews that I've gone on, all the interviews I've given have made me who I am today, right? And you never know where things are going to take you. And thank goodness that 98% of the jobs and places I worked, the people I worked with, were positive. That 2%, I wish things didn't go the way they did, but there's always a negative thing. But don't focus on it. Focus on the positive. Be prepared questions. These are common interview questions. You have to have the answers. So if you miss, listen to this again. Write them down. They're going to ask you those questions, guaranteed. Most of those questions are going to be asked. So you have got to know yourself, your resume, okay? Practice, practice, practice. Practice your answers. Practice with a friend. Practice in front of a mirror. If you're visual like me, be careful, right? I know sometimes I might look like I'm having a poop, and other times I might look like I'm ready to your head off, and another time I'm smiling like Chuckles the Clown. So I know that I have to be careful with my visual because, let's face it, communication is not just talking. It's the way that you look when you're talking, right? Score a success in those first five minutes. Generally, interviewers will make up their mind in the first five minutes of an interview, the minute they see you and the, you sit down and they start talking to you. Be energetic, be enthusiastic, express yourself with appreciation for their time. They're seeing people that day, so they're tired. Bring in the energy. Start off with a positive comment about the company. Like, I've really been looking forward to meeting you today, so-and-so. I think that this company is doing great work in this field or on this project, and I'm really excited by the prospect of being able to contribute and becoming a part of that team. Boom. You just hit your link. Now keep the energy up. Get the job. It's yours at this point. It's yours to lose. Get in on the same side as the interviewer. Candidates are going to try and pry an offer into the interviewer, and the interviewer's job is to hold on to it. Your job is to transform this tug-of-war into a relationship in which you're both on the same side. So you could say something like, I'm happy to have the chance to learn more about your company and to let you learn more about me so we can see if this is going to be a good match or not. Right? What's the worst thing that can happen? You don't hired? Right? You probably will. Right? You're being professional, but you're being yourself. Be assertive and take responsibility for the interview. Right? Be polite. Right? But you can be a little bit assertive, but you don't want to be rude. Politeness doesn't equal passive, being passive, but rudeness doesn't equal assertiveness, right? So be ready to handle inappropriate questions. I had somebody ask me to name my worst manager and give details about it. I was so offended, I could slap the guy's face. I thought, I can't believe you just asked me that. And I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything negative. I said, well, you know, I've, I've had quite a number of different managers, assistant managers, people in charge, and there have been some that haven't been as good as I would have liked, but there have been others that have been wonderful. Some of the negative traits I've found are this, but the positive traits are this, and I found them in more managers than I didn't. I thought, wow, we're not supposed to talk bad in an interview. I can't believe you asked me this, but you have to answer it. So what about an illegal question? I've had those. How old are you? I could have slapped her in the face. My favorite one was when she told me I was too old for the job. Here in town in a law office. 
you're too old for the job. Well, you have to move boxes. You're going to get dirty. I just think you're too old. I thought, you're like 30, 40 years older than me. What are you talking about? Yeah, deny, deny, deny. But what do you do? Right? Obviously, didn't get the job. I should have gotten up and slapped. That's what she deserved. You know, 70-something-year-old woman working in a legal field who asked me such a disgusting question and then denies it. I'm like, oh, my God. I just forget about it, right? Go on. It happens. And sometimes it might be so offensive you have to say your piece and walk out. Because really, I don't want to work for a company that judges people and their age. And I've been asked, are you married and do you have children? It's against my interior human rights for you to ask because I don't have any reason not to be able to do my job. And yes, unfortunately, we're all in legal. So that's why I kind of don't work in that field because I think, wow, it's so inappropriate and ridiculous. Don't want it. But it's not a bad field if you have a good place. Obviously, I had two babses. Make your selling points clear. If a tree falls in the forest, one is there to hear it. Did it make a sound? More important, if you communicate your selling points in a job interview and the interviewer doesn't get it, did you score? No. So don't bury your selling points in long-winded stories. Instead, tell the interviewer what your selling points are, then give an example. And of course, I told you be positive, think positive. I'm going to get the job. I'm going to be a success. I'm going to help this firm. Be positive. Close on a positive note. Always be positive. Don't forget when you go to that interview to bring copies of your cover letter resumes. I know you sent it in, but sometimes they get lost, they get misplaced, and you don't want your interviewer to feel or look stupid because they don't want to feel that way, and you don't want to feel superior. So bring copies. I always bring three, one for me and two for them to share because I always know there's going to be more. Well, I don't do interviews now. But having my own company and being the new council person for my word in Eldon County, I'm not looking for a job. But I always used to bring resumes with me. And, oh, here, I brought an extra one for you. Please take it. Oh, gosh. My God, are you kidding? You saved their butt. You saved time. They like you already. You're prepared. Don't worry about sounding canned. Some people are concerned that if they rehearse their answers, they'll sound canned or overly polished during the interview. Don't worry about that. If you're well-prepared, you'll sound smooth and articulate, not end. And if you're not so well-prepared, the anxiety of the situation will eliminate any quality. So you don't want to talk like this because you have memorized what your answer was to the question of what, uh, what, the, what the company of the research was. Well, I found that your company has this or that. Don't sound like a robot. That's can. Make the most of the tell me about yourself question. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You can tell a story where you were born, which parents do, how many brothers and sisters and dogs and cats you have. That's okay. But would you rather the interviewer write that down or why the company should hire you? You might say, well, obviously I could tell you a lot of things and I'm missing. If I'm missing what you want, please let me know. But these things I think most important that I would like you to know about me are boom, boom, boom. Expand on those a little bit if you like. And they'll say, sure, go ahead. Well, regarding the first point, boom. When I was working for such and such, give another example. This strategy enables you to focus on the first 10 to 15 minutes of the interview, and that's your selling points, and that's what they're going to remember. Speak right body language, dress appropriately, make eye contact, give a firm handshake, have good posture, speak clearly, don't overload the perfume and cologne. No sense is good sense. S-E, how's it go? No sense. S-C-E-N-T-S is good sense. S-E-N-S-E. Same word, different spelling. Another thing, check that. So you want the interview to pay attention to you, not thinking I'm going to pass out because of this Chanel number five or this brute, right? It, don't. Be ready for those behavior-based questions, which we're going to talk about right after this break. And send thank you emails. Don't forget about that. And don't give up. If you've had a bad interview and it happens, I've done it, walked out and thought, oh, my God, I'm a big walking brown turd, right? Because I know it didn't go well. And it happened at a job I really, I really wanted it. And I knew it was in my head, that noise, that glass barrier. And I couldn't, I couldn't pay attention. And I didn't get it. I was so disappointed. It's okay. Life goes on. But don't give up. Still send the email, the thank you. Let them know that. You might not have done the best job. You felt that you did a poor job, but you wanted to thank them for interviewing you. You thought you'd be a good match. Reiterate what you have to offer company 
and say that you'd like the opportunity to contribute. Whether the strategy gets you the job depends on the company and you. But one thing's for sure, if you don't try, your chances are exactly zero. Sometimes this approach works, so give it a shot. You've got nothing to lose at this point. All right, so at this point, let's take our last break of the show. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about those sample behavioral questions. And we'll talk about what they might ask you. And I'll give you a few examples of some of the ex- answers that you can give that it's going to get you the job. So you're listening to Financially Speaking with Karen Cook on the Inspire Choices Network. And we will be right back after this break. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I'm Karen Cook, your guest host today on the Inspired Choices Network, and we are discussing preparing and dressing for success during our interview. So before the break, I told you I'd give you those behavioral questions. So here they are. So today it's not all about just those generic questions we talked about earlier in the show. They will ask you behavioral questions, and you have to give specific examples. If you're lucky, you'll get the questions ahead of time. I've gotten them ahead of time a few times, but I have found that they're very similar. So the questions, no matter where, is pretty similar. One question is, describe how you have shown leadership on or off the job. And it's okay to take a moment to think about it, especially if you weren't prepared ahead of time because you didn't have the questions. So take your breath. Think. It doesn't have to be at a job. What if you've been out of workforce for a while, but you were at home with your children or you ran a day court care or you dogs had dogs or cats? Oh, guess what? You had a job. So what skills did you do? Let's see. You were responsible for somebody, so that made you the head person in charge. Communication. Maybe snacks. Feeding. Cleaning. Discipline. Or not. Uh, activities. Running activities. Maintaining a house. What about the budget? Finance. Shopping. Planning meals. I mean, this all goes together. So you if that's the thing, you've been at home with your kids, that's the leadership. You might have run uh, uh, different things at the school. You might have been on the PTA. You might have been going along for different outings that they have. So make sure, you might have been carpooling. There's your leadership. Okay, Give, And they want one example, just one. So don't say, I would do this if this happened or I've done. Another thing, another one I found is whatever field it is, this field often involves being able to make decisions and take responsibility for them regardless of the outcome. Describe a specific example of when you have demonstrated this behavior. They want specific examples. That's why they usually give them to you ahead of time. But I'm reading these questions to you because these are standard. Another one, teamwork is essential in the smooth operation of a facility. Describe your best example of contributing positively to the team to achieve a favorable outcome. Well, actually, when I worked in the operating room as an operating room technician, we had to find all these little screws and bolts and things like that for different knee surgeries. Well, they were just in a bin. And when the nurse would go out and try and find them, good luck, they'd be forever. The doctors get mad. Well, guess who? They're not me because I'm in the room. So a girl I worked with and I, 
decided we would put a cart together. We would color code it, label it. It'd be a roller cart. You can roll it in and out. We had them all set up and they still use that for many, many years after that because it was now organized. And it's amazing how we put that together. It was used for so long, right? So that's teamwork, right? Smooth operation. Another question they might ask you is not everyone is able to work well as a team member. Give us an example of how you've dealt with this type of situation. Maybe one of the kids that you looked after didn't get along with others or one of the dogs didn't get along with others. How did you correct the behavior? How did you socialize them? You don't harm somebody or hurt somebody or degrade somebody. You build them up. How did you do it? Right? Not what I would do, what you did do. And you have to think of an example. It doesn't have to be work-related. When I first started out, a lot of mine were personal, right, or from different job areas, not healthcare, which is where my target was. Another one they might ask you, tell us about the time you suggested a change in a procedure or some aspect of your job that achieved the best result. When I worked at a nursing home, this was my example. When I worked at a nursing home, we used to go down each side of the hall. As you started in the morning getting these people up, the other one at the other end would ring and you'd have to go and back and forth, back and forth. You can see them because there's a wall. So you don't know who's buzzing. You just have to go take your chances. Instead, we divided the staff, the cart went down both sides of the hall, met at the other end. That eliminated buzzers, confusion, people tasks. So that's a great example. Right? Another one, describe a specific time you were required to implement a change you did not agree with and how you dealt with this. You have to come up with one. And these are standard, by the way. You'll get asked at least a handful of these questions every time in a job interview. Describe a specific situation where you reduced stress somebody was experiencing. What types of things you did to achieve this? We had a lady in a nursing home who used to cry all the time, especially when Tiger Woods was on golf and she couldn't see it. She loved it. So I made sure every time golf was on that she got the TV, she got to watch her Tiger Woods, and she got to watch the golf. She used to play it, broke her hip, couldn't do it anymore, stuck in a wheelchair, ended up in a retirement home, was absolutely depressed. One woman. So that really changed her stress level. She was so happy after that. One thing, right? Tell us about a time when you felt most effective in your efforts to resolve a conflict with a coworker. Hey, that happens all the time. Think of a time when you didn't get along with someone, how you wrote it positively. Another one they might ask you. Tell me about an occasion when you were able to turn around the meaning of a group. Right? So there are a lot of behavioral questions they're going to ask. These are pretty standard. And you have to be prepared. So if you're looking for a job, go back over this. Read those questions, get your answers. I hope you've learned something today, and I really hope you go out there, find the job that you want, that you deserve, that's going to make the best in your best life. So please join us next week where Kathy will be back. Stay in the black and out of the red with your money. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.